All right, real quick review here today because today we're at the finale, the end of our series, Friendly. This is week five, and we've been talking about building healthier, stronger, better relationships uh, across our lives, in our friendships, in our neighborhood, in our marriages, in our workplaces, our family relationships, our romantic relationships, all of them. So here's a quick recap of the big ideas we've talked about so far to do just that. Week one, we talked about be careful, not casual when you pick your people. Week two, we said we want to be friendly because a person of many friends must show themselves friendly. Week three, are you willing to do what depends on you? Are you willing to take responsibility for your responsibilities in your in your relationships? Are you willing to fulfill your responsibilities to do what depends on you? And week four, boundaries are friendly. They provide the context for peace and freedom within our relationships. Now today, I want to close out this series by looking at one of the places that I think a lot of hardship frustration and difficulty in relationships comes from, maybe maybe the most common source of frustration that you may not know how to talk about or may not have the language to describe it, but when I say it, you're going to go, yep, that's it. Uh, and the thing that I want to talk about today and the thing that you're going to recognize when I say it is what I would call unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations. Now you're like, um, unrealistic expectations aren't the problem. The problem is that I think I have realistic expectations and everyone in my life is failing to meet them. Now, I'll just say this, that may be true, probably not, but that that that, that may be true. Um, but when I say unrealistic expectations, I'm actually talking about something very, very specific. I'm talking about a double-edged sword of expectations that causes all kinds of problems in the relationships in life. It's an unrealistic expectation that we have of others and of ourselves. The first side of the unrealistic expectations coin is the unrealistic expectation that I can be everything for everyone. Now that may not be where you thought we were going when talking about unrealistic expectations. We're going to get to somewhat somewhat you might have thought about in a little bit, but it's it's the expectation of myself is that I can be and should be everything for every single person that I'm in relationship with. And that may be extreme. That may be too extreme, but let's be honest. We sometimes get in the habit of thinking that we can be everything for someone or for a bunch of people or for our best friends or for our most serious relationships in life that whatever the need may someone may have I'll do my best to figure out how to an- how to be the answer for their need they need people to volunteer for a special project at work I'm all in. A friend needs someone to listen, I'll be the best listener ever. A friend needs some advice, I'll be the best advice giver ever. Now, just so you know, people who are often really good listeners often are not great advice givers. And so you, we struggle to do both, but we'll figure out how to do both. My kid's school needs ideas for the next fundraiser, I'll have the best fundraising ideas ever. They need help moving, I'll buy a truck. My kids need someone to be patient and compassionate, I can be so patient and so compassionate. My kids need a disciplinarian, Well, I'll figure out how to be gracious and compassionate and a disciplinarian all at the same time. Now, if you want to know if you struggle with the idea of trying to be everything for everyone, let me give you a great way to know if you do. If you frequently find yourself saying something like this, well, I can figure that out. Well, I can figure that out. You are probably trying to be everything for everyone. And here's why I say that. You don't already know how to do the thing that your friend or your spouse or your neighbor or your kids at school needs. And instead of pointing them towards someone that does, your suggestion is that you will learn a brand new skill set yourself rather than trying to point them in the right direction to have the need met by a, by someone who actually knows what they're doing or someone who has that skill set or someone who is who doesn't have to rearrange their entire schedule you are trying to be every answer to every problem even though you know you aren't the answer and shouldn't be the answer 
The second side of this coin is, 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 the, is where maybe we would place unrealistic expectations on someone else. This is the unrealistic expectation that someone can be everything for me. Someone can be or someone should be everything for me. This mindset never develops intentionally. And even when I say it right now, you're like, I would never say that. I would never think that. I would never actually expect anyone to be that all for me. But this still gets lodged in our brains over time. And here's how this happens. When we're young, we're surrounded by, let me give you three ways this happens. When we're young, we're surrounded by people our own age and our own and our exact stage of life. For most people, you spend every day with these people at school for 13 years until you graduate high school or 17 years until you graduate graduate college, you will be surrounded by people your own age, your same stage, and through college, your same major and your same career track, same interests, same stage of life. You'll be surrounded by people who automatically share the same interests. And it's really easy to have community in that. It's really easy to develop relationships within that. And then you finish that stage of life and things change when you graduate and you move to a different town where there's a lot less people your age and there's a lot less, you're not naturally hanging out with people in the same stage of life and you start a job with no one your own age and no one in the same stage of life. And what was once a friend group of 15 becomes an acquaintance group of four and one real friend. And when you have one real friend, your tendency, my tendency is to lean all of the weight of our life on that one person. Expect them to be a good listener and a good advice giver and someone who challenges us, but also is gracious and patient with us and all. expect us to be, them to be all of that one thing. Or here's another way this happened. Tons of friends while you're single and then you get married and the nature of early married life is you kind of end up isolated a little bit. You're building a new life with someone. It's natural. That relationship becomes your main focus. Other people are giving you and your boo space and your single friends don't necessarily understand some of the intricacies of married life, and that's not a problem. That's just something that is natural in life. So what was once a great group of friendships starts to feel very small, and you start to feel very isolated, and it's just you and your spouse. And you lean all of the weight of your life on your spouse, expecting your spouse to meet every need that you have. Or you had kids, and they grew up and moved away, and your friend group was the parents of their friend group, okay? So your friendships, your outside the home relationships all revolved around your kids and now your kids are gone. And when your kids left, those th that the thing that all of you had in common was your kids. And when everyone's kids grew up and moved away, all of a sudden the thing that brought you together is gone and the relationships don't develop the same way. They don't continue the same way. And they start to drift and they start to wander and they start to become distant. And when the kids moved away, like, so you grow older, as you, as you grow older, if you're not intentional about keeping some of those relationships going, now it's just you and your spouse at home. And you don't know how to have, how to have conversations with other people. And you've developed some things where you're just like, it's just us. It's just us. It's just like, we don't have that natural relationship with other people anymore. And in any of those situations, our mindset easily and quickly becomes, well, they're all I have, therefore they must be all I need. Do you see how that develops? Do you see how maybe, just maybe for some of you, that's developed over the time in your life, that they're all I have, that's the, they're the only friend I have, my spouse is all I have, my, now that the kids are grown, my spouse is all we really have, and so they're all I have as far as a really close relationship, so they must be 
all I need. And if you've ever found yourself dealing with either side of that coin that, and let's be honest, if you deal with one, you probably deal with both. If you've ever dealt with either of those unrealistic expectations, I just want to free you up today. And I may want to, as we're doing this, free some people up in your life. But I want to tell you two truths that you need to understand on both sides of those coins. Number one, you can't be everything for everyone. Some of you just had a chill go down your spine because it's the first time that someone has told you that and you actually heard it. For some of you, you just actually steeled your resolve and you're like, oh, you think I can't be everything for everyone? I'll be so everything for, every, for, for, for everyone, everyone. Like I was trying to do it for a lot of people, but I, like, I'm going to show him. I'm going to really be everyone, everything for everyone. You can't be everything for everyone. You can't be the answer to every question. You can't be the solution to every problem. You can't be everything for everyone. And on the same side, to free up some people in your life and to maybe help improve some relationships by, by dealing with some, some reality here and, and establishing some realistic expectations, no one can be everything for you. No one person can be everything that you need. No one person can be every answer to every question you have. No one person can be the solution to every, every, every problem you have. No one person can be the, the epitome and the ultimate expression of every bit of community that you need. And there's three reasons why you can't be everything for everyone. And there's the same three reasons why no one can be, the, can be everything for you. Number one is if you try, you'll die. Number two is trying to be everything for someone is usually rooted in fear, not in love. And therefore you don't have a relationship. You're just stuck with a person and that's, that's afraid to leave or you're afraid to leave them or you're afraid to not be everything they need. And number three is you aren't God. You aren't God. Just to unpack that a little bit. If you try, you'll die. Number one, if you try, you'll die. You do not have the time, the energy, the resources, the attention span, the ability, the gifting, the talent to be everything for everyone. If you try to be everything for everyone, you either physically exhaust yourself, emotionally exhaust yourself, financially exhaust yourself, or exhaust everyone else around you because while you're trying to be everything for that person, all the other people in your life are, are suffering because you are not being attentive to the things that maybe matter most. If you try, you'll die or something that matters to you will die. Number two, trying to be everything for someone is usually rooted in fear, not in love. Perfect love actually casts out fear. We're told by John that there is no fear in love. When we, when we try to be everything for everyone, I'm just going to tell you why you do that. For some of us, we're trying to be everything for everyone because we're afraid that if we're not everything for everyone, they'll leave us behind. They'll find someone new. They'll find someone who can be everything for them. They'll find someone who can be the, like, and, 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 and we develop this relationship where we can't lose them. And so we'll do everything we can to be everything for them. But that's rooted in fear, not in love. And if you're trying to make someone else be everything for you, you're afraid to lose them. You're afraid that they will leave you, like that eventually they'll figure out that they, that they can't be everything for you, but you're holding on for dear life, trying to, trying to keep them in your life and trying to make sure everything works in your life because of them. You can't lose them if they're being everything. Like, you can't lose them. That's fear and it's not love, which means it's not a real relationship. It's not a friendly relationship. And finally, you aren't God and they aren't God. 
which means they can't be everything for you, and which means you can't be everything for them, because you aren't God, and neither are they. And so here's where this gets tricky. If that's our natural bent or the way that life tends to move us, what should we do instead? If that's the way that life moves us, but that's problematic, what should we do instead? What's a healthier way to live in relationship with others? How do we live with others knowing that we can't be everything for them and they can't be everything for us? How do we understand the rightful place of relationships and develop realistic expectations across our lives? What does that look like? To answer that, I want to look at a verse that we've already looked at once briefly in this series. And when we looked at this verse before, we looked at it in the context of how to be friendly Today, I want to draw out a different principle that's at work within this short verse from Proverbs. In Proverbs 17, verse 17, a friend loves at all times. You guys remember this one. We looked at this three weeks ago. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a difficult time. Earlier, we talked about this in the idea of being friendly, that a friend loves at all times, a brother is born for a difficult, that real friends don't duck out when things get difficult for other people. We don't disappear when things get difficult for other people. We're going to be a faithful friend. In this short little verse, we see what seems to be a contradiction, but it is not a contradiction. It's a contraction. A contradiction is these two things are actually the opposite of each other or opposed to each other. That's a but. This is and. This is and. In other words, a contradiction would be a friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for a difficult time. This is a a contraction. This is the joining of two things. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a difficult times. It's the adding of two things together that gives us a beautiful picture of healthy expectations in relationship with another person. And it helps you know what to expect of yourself in relationship with someone else. This is the contradiction, the joining of unconditional love and conditional purpose. Of unconditional love and conditional purpose of unconditional love and conditional purpose. Unconditional love, meaning as a friend, as a spouse, as a parent, as a coworker, as a neighbor, I love always. As a Jesus follower, I'm called to love always. If we're gonna be on friendly terms with someone, we love always. I care always. I hope for their best always. I pray for their benefit always. I'm willing to serve always. A friend loves at all times. So if we're going to be on friendly terms with people at work, in our homes, in our neighborhood, at our kids' school, wherever you go, in your family relationships, in your family relationships outside of your home, whatever relationships you have, if you're going to be on friendly terms, a friend loves at all times. Conditional purpose, though, means that I know I am in their life and they're in my life for a specific reason and a specific purpose for a specific reason and a specific season. Meaning the simple truth is this, that every relationship exists for a reason and for a season. Every relationship exists for a reason and for a season. Not Another way to say this would be to say this, that not all friends are for all reasons and not all friends are for all seasons. This is the simple truth that we see in the, in, in the verse above. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for a difficult time, meaning there is relationships in our lives that are born for a specific time and for a specific purpose. A brother is born for 
exists for, the reason that they exist, the reason they were born, the reason God put them in your life, the reason God created them, the, God, the reason that God has put them in your life was not necessarily for all the times, but for this difficult time. They will be solid for you. They will give advice for you. They'll be the person who, who exists to help you get unstuck. They'll be the person whose shoulder you can cry. They exist. They were born for a difficult time. And the brother, some of you know this, you have brothers, some of you have, have siblings, where you know, many, many of you do, where they may, they may bother you in some times of life. But when things get difficult, they show up in real and tangible ways because that's what a brother does. And Solomon, writing here about, with, with the wisdom that he has, maybe the, the most wise man who has ever lived, says, there are relationships that exist for a reason and for a season. Relationships in life, they all exist for a reason and some relationships exist for a season. Now, some relationships exist for a lifetime. A marriage is meant to be for a lifetime. Family relationships are meant to be for a lifetime. But not everything is family and not everything is marriage. And some relationships in life exist for a reason and they exist for a season, meaning while you're in the season of life that you're in, this relationship is gonna matter and this relationship is gonna be incredibly important. And when you move to a new place and you move to a new season and you guys are no longer in the same season, the relationship and the dynamics of the relationship will change and we have to be okay with that. That every relationship exists for a reason and for a season. Not all friends are for all, all reasons and not all friends are for all seasons. Within this understanding, within this simple truth, we actually can understand some, some incredible truths about, about, how, about how we function within our relationships because there's three things I would point out. In some relationships, you have a unique role, a unique role that only you can do a unique role that only you can do. It's a relational role, meaning when you're a mom, only you can be a mom. When you're the dad, only you can be a dad. When you're a son, only you can be the son unless you have other brothers. But I mean, that's like three people in the whole world can be the son. When you're a daughter, same thing. If you're a husband, only you can be the husband to your wife. If you're a wife, only you can be the wife to your husband. As a grandparent, only you can be the grandma or the grandparent or the nana or the papa or the mimo or the jeepa or like whatever like whatever it is. I heard someone t use the expression of a glamour the other day. Like they're a glamorous gr gr grandma. And I was like, that's trying too hard. Anyway, so it was, it was phenomenal. But the idea that only you in that season of life, only you in that relationship can provide what a husband or a wife or a mom or a dad or a grandparent or a child can be in that relationship. Only you can do what only you can do. As a husband or a wife, you are the only one who can be a, a legitimate source of intimacy for your spouse. You have to do that because if you don't, a legitimate need goes unmet or a legitimate need gets met in illegitimate ways. You are the only one who can do that. As a parent, you are the only one or you're one of two people that can parent and lovingly lead your child forward with the love of a father and a mother. It's a role that is unique to you and you have to fulfill it. If you don't, things happen that you don't want to happen. And in unrealistic expectations mode, it's someone, it's a lot of different people can be for me what, what, what I can't be for me while I'm trying to be everything for everyone. Understanding realistic expectations and the reality of life is understanding this is a role that only I can do. Therefore, I must prioritize this role and this relationship in this season for this reason. On the, on the other side of that is we have what I would call a strength role. In, in all kinds of relationships, you have areas of your life where you are gifted 
to do something specific in relationship with other people. Areas where you may be gifted as an encourager. You may be gifted as a truth teller. You may be gifted as, as, as a compassionate person who's there for people in their time of need and there for people when they need someone to cry on, their, on a shoulder. You may be gifted to be someone who helps people get unstuck. You may be gifted to help people organize their lives. You may be gifted in a lot of ways. That's your strength. What God has gifted you with in relationships is the ability to do that thing. But what you know and what I know and what every one of us ultimately have to, at some point along the way of life, admit to ourselves and to the people around us for the betterment of ourselves and the strengthening of our relationships is that in, to strengthen our relationships, I actually have to be honest about my weaknesses as well. That I have to understand this is what I was born for. I really wasn't born for this. God, like when God was handing out encouraging gifts, he passed me over on that one, bro. Like that this is the thing that I probably shouldn't do, that when someone needs an encourager, I mean like, first of all, I'm not gonna run away, but I'm also gonna be acknowledging the fact that I'm not, I may not be the most encouraging person and I need to point them in the direction of someone who is an encourager. I may not be the most compassionate person person. I'm not the, the most, hey, cry on my shoulder and let's get all the tears out. Like I may not be that person, but I can help move someone in a direction of someone who is. I may not be a great advice giver. Matter of fact, some of you, when you look at your own life, you're like, I shouldn't even be listening to my own advice, okay? Because I'm not that good. Like I make some bad decisions. I, I, I frequently am wrong. And so when someone's going like, hey, can you help me figure out how to, what, what to do? What would you do in this situation? Some of us, we need to be honest and go, you know, I don't know that I'm the best person to ask about that. Some of us, we need to be honest and go, you know what, I, I'm not an organized person. So if you're looking to, like if you're asking me how to organize your schedule, like I gotta admit, I struggle in that area, but I do know so-and-so and they're really good at getting organized. You should talk to them. Actually, I'll give you their number. I'll pass it along. Here's their contact information. I'll share it to you. Like this is what it looks like to actually build stronger relationships by acknowledging that we have weaknesses, that we cannot be everything for everyone and no one can be everything for us because every single one of us, we have strengths and weaknesses and we have relationships that need to be prioritized. And so we can't be everything for everyone because we're trying to be what needs to be for the most most important relationships in our lives. We have a, a unique role. We have relational roles. We have strength roles and we have weakness roles. So what do we do? What are the, what are the application points? How do we, how do we live differently? What, what, do, what do we embrace as we, try to, as we try to do this? As we try to understand that every relationship exists for a reason and for a season. As we, as we lean into our unique roles, as we lean into our strengths, as we lean into our weaknesses, what do we do? The three things that I would tell you to do today. The first one is simply this, to live in your lane. To live in your lane. Now, now I understand this sounds like saying, you do you, boo. This is not, this is, this is saying live in your lane. Live in your lane. Live first, focus first on your unique roles. Focus first on what you must do because only you can do it. Again, this is a, a, a prioritizing of the family relationships first, what I have to do. This is like what matters most gets my first and my best attention. Focus first on your unique roles. And then you love from your strengths you love from your strengths and you quit pretending in your areas of weakness. You love from your strengths and you quit pretending in your areas of weakness. And here's why I say this is so important, why this matters so much. When you live in your lane, you can love to the fullest. 
When you live in your lane, you can love to the fullest. When you're pretending in an area of weakness, when you're living outside of your strength, you are actually not loving to the fullest. You are not loving to your best. You are loving in weakness. You are loving outside of your strength. You're loving in ways that actually violate maybe the way the relationships that matter most. When you live in your lane though, you can actually love the best. You can love to the fullest. You can love in the ways that Jesus has called us to love. So when you live in your lane, you can love to the fullest. So live in your lane. You focus first on your unique roles. You love from your strength and you quit pretending in your areas of weakness. The second thing that I would tell you to do is to build a community. Build a community. Some of us, again, the reason that we have unintentionally gotten into this mindset of thinking that that they're all I have, this one relationship is all I have, so it's all I need, is because we have not worked and been, and, and, and been intentional about building a community. No one person can be everything that you need, but a community of people can provide more than any one person can ever provide. It establishes a community of people who are there for us, who are godly influences in our lives, who are there for our benefit rather than just one person who is there for our benefit. It allows us to build a team that has strengths and weaknesses that has varying strengths and varying weaknesses and we can go to with when we have different needs in our lives. In, in Proverbs, this is interesting. In Proverbs, Solomon wrote three different things about, about, about having many advisors or many companions or many people speaking into our lives. In Proverbs 15, 22, the first one is this. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, he wrote this, Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 6, he wrote this, So don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. This is fascinating. Solomon, again, the wisest man who, who's written so many incredible things that we have read over the last few weeks about relationships. Here's what he said. Plans fail and big nations fall and life's battles are lost all for the same reason. They didn't have enough advisors. They didn't have a community of people speaking life and truth. There was one voice that said, do this, go there. We've got the plan. I've got the plan and it's going to be amazing. They did not have a community built. And because of that, the nation fell apart and the plans failed and the battle was lost all because there wasn't a community. See, here's what, here's what Solomon is ultimately getting at in these verses. Success, safety, and victory are the natural outflow of a community. The natural outflow. That again, you're like, success is, a, you, find a, you find a person who is successful without other people, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll point you to a unicorn as well, okay? It doesn't exist. You find a person that has, is safe and secure without a multitude of people around them, that is secure in their relationship, not like when they, when they only have one, they don't, that doesn't exist. You find a person who's achieved victory and has overcome some real obstacles all by themselves. I'm just telling you, it doesn't exist. But success, safety, and victory are the natural outflow of a community. So build a community with varying strengths and varying weaknesses. You want a community of listeners and advice givers. Again, those two people generally don't exist in the same person. They will also, they will, a, a listener and an advice giver, they're people who know how to understand what you're going through and how to diagnose how to go forward. You have deep conversation people and get to the point people. You have fitness experts and foodies. Now that isn't like doesn't that sound amazing? Like I can have people who, who know everything about fitness and can tell me like how, how, to, how to lose weight. And I know the people who know where to find the good food. And you're like, you're like, 
These people don't like each other, but, they'll both, but they can both like you. Adventurers and homebodies. People who know how to go out and have a good time and find adventure. And people who also know how to relax and enjoy time at home. People who are gracious and accepting and people who are challenging. You need both. People who are encouragement givers and people who are truth tellers. People who are spiritual advisors and people who are practical help givers. You need all of that. And that's not going to be found in any one person, which means you need to find many people. You need to build a community, not just a relationship. You need to be building relationships with many people and being intentional because that doesn't happen accidentally. You have to build it. You have to build it brick by brick by brick by brick by boring brick by boring brick over time to build a community, not just one relationship. Build a community, not just one relationship. And then the final thing that I would tell you is simply this, to go to the source. Go to the source. Go to the one who can be and do what you need. Something we've tried to teach our girls throughout their lives, go to the right person. Go to the right person. If they go to a friend when they need mommy, they lose. If they go to a sister when they need daddy, they lose. If you go to a person who can't do for you what you need to be done for you, you lose. This is being honest and, and accepting the strengths and weaknesses of other people, knowing who has the strength that we need and knowing to right now, I may not need, go to the person who has the, like I love them, I care about them, but right now they're not, what, they're not the person that I need. Go to a listener, a listener when you need someone to listen. Go to a person who can help you get unstuck when you need to get unstuck. Go to an encourager when you need encouragement. Go to someone with the gift of discernment when you need help discerning the events of life. Go to a connector of people when you need help finding connection. Go to your husband when you need a husband. Go to your wife when you need a wife. Go to your parent when you need a parent. Go to the source. Go to the right source. Go to the right person because when you don't, you waste time, you waste life, and ultimately you lose and the relationship loses and you feel frustrated by a person who, couldn't, who you knew couldn't give you what you needed in the first place. When you go to the source, you build trust in the right relationships and you don't establish frustration in, the, in, in relationships that ultimately still matter to you. And while we're talking about going to the source, if you want healthier relationships, you also need to have it, get in the habit of going to the source. Going to the source. I said earlier, you can't be everything for everyone because you're not God. And I said earlier that no one can be everything that you need because they're not God. But here's what I know and here's what's true because of that statement. God can be everything you need and God can do everything you need. And God can provide everything you need. God is the only one who knows every need and can meet every need. And for some of us, there's a difficulty that we have and that we experience in life because we are looking to people for things that only God can bring. And in some of the relationships in our lives, we are placing pressure on people that does not and should not belong on other people because we are looking for things from them that only God can actually give to us. And so if you want to know what I'm ultimately saying here, stop looking to people for things that only God can provide. Only God can really truly sustain you. 
Only God has the words of life. Only God can bring you to new life. Only God can be your savior. Only God can actually extend full and real lasting forgiveness. Only God is our hope. Only God is the one that we try, like, that we stop looking to people for things that only God can give. We go to the source. And if you want better, stronger, healthier relationships with the people in your life, it may start by looking to God for the things that only God can do and looking to God for the things that only God can be. And it takes the weight off of your relationships with other people and it places the weight of everything on God. And that's a healthier place to be from. It's a healthier place to live and to love from. And it's a healthier place to know that you are secure in a relationship with your heavenly father. For some of you today, you may need to, for the first time in a long time, look to the source to trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins with his death on the cross, to trust in the new life that he offers you and a new connection with your heavenly father that's available to you because of the resurrection of Jesus. Today, some of you, you may need to do that before, we, before you log off today, before you leave this video today, before you go about the rest of your day doing whatever it is that you're gonna do today. It may be time for you to look to the source, to run to the source, to trust in the source because he has everything that you need. He is everything that you need. And when you look to him and you trust in him, that's the most important relationship of your life. And when you get that squared away, and when you get that right, and when you lean into that in the correct way, every relationship in your life will become healthier and stronger and better. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, today I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for what you've done for us. I thank you for what Jesus is to us, for what you are to us, for who you are and what you've done and what you're capable of for us. I thank you for all that. And God, today I thank you for the wisdom from, from Solomon, the, the wisdom from your word that we can look to, that we can lean into, that we can build our lives on. Help us to understand that every relationship in our lives, it exists for a reason, it exists for a, re a season, and help us to understand what our unique role is, what it is that we have strength to do, and what it is that maybe we don't have the strength to do, maybe that an area that we're weak in. God, help us to love others by, by acknowledging that we can't be everything for everyone. Help us to better love others by acknowledging that no one can be everything for us. And God, help us to ultimately honor you by understanding that you have everything that we need and you alone can be everything that we need. So God, today we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you want to do. And we thank you for what you want to do in and through our lives as we look to you as our ultimate source so that, God, we can understand and appreciate the people in our lives that you have placed in our lives. We love you, God. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.